Welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Critical Hits Game of Thrones podcast, where we'll be doing a retrospective on the Game of Thrones show, all eight seasons, I believe, uh, episode by episode. We're going to be going and examining our thoughts and how we feel about it. I'm Tony. I am Luke. And I'm David. And we're starting with episode one, Winter is Coming. Winter is coming. What do you guys remember of Game of Thrones? What's your relationship to this series? I I saw, I think, the first couple of seasons as they were airing. I never was really into it that much, which is weird because this seems like something I would be super into. But uh, I don't remember anything, as per usual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched a couple seasons, don't remember a single thing. So I'm basically going to this fresh so we got a fresh viewer. What about you, Luke? I read the first book before the first season came out. Then, after season two finished airing, I watched up to season two, finished reading the books, and then watched concurrently. And I'm probably an above-average fan of the series. Not probably. Yeah, I'd say most definitely. definitely. I've read uh, the first half of the first book. I've read <laughs> the Encyclopedia on the long road trip, which was super cool. I actually enjoyed that more than the book. Um, and watched the show as it came out. I think I actually didn't watch during the first three seasons premiering. I think I got caught up in season three because I was shown a specific episode that blew my mind. And I was like, well, I got to watch the show now. Um, so I would say I'm uh, very familiar. The finale of season three. Is that The Wall or is that Blackwater? I'm pretty sure it's The Red Wedding. Oh, is that the Purple Gravestone? Or it's the penultimate episode, I think, of season three. It's not the finale, okay. but I—that's how I—I was—that was the first episode of Game of Thrones I saw, and I was like, "Well, I gotta watch the this show right now." Right, yeah, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. So I went back and watched, and then watched as it aired, and saw all the way up until the ending, which is gonna be a huge. Uh -huh. Does winter finally come? Thing that we're gonna have to talk about. Uh, no. That not yeah, really. winter no. comes no. kind of not really in a horrible way it's still oh god all right so it doesn't turn winter it does, it does but it's not that's basically you don't understand one day david you don't understand one day. it turns winter but it's not it's i don't understand it sucks i mean all right let's just get let's just get to the to the episode so because this episode yeah starting off fuck david and daniel Continue. the uh D and D, the two writers of the show they were the ones obviously we don't like D and D, um but we're going to get that out of the way, and we're just going to kind of go through this I first episode, which we open this first episode in a very, I thought, cool way. Even still today, I think it's a really cool way. It's it's such a sick opening with the three Night Watch Rangers in the forest. Very horror show-esque. Very oh, scary amazing. in a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was sick. Yeah, it was like a horror show. It wasn't, you know, you kind of see the... Yeah. the I guess if if you approach yeah. this show for the first time, you're expecting it to be like medieval, and this is like a literal horror movie. I got very creepy, strange vibes. You know, you're expecting like a fantasy, and it ends up being it's filmed literally like a horror movie. Like this, the the shot of the of the all the wildlings just dead in like a pattern is super super creepy. Yes, <laughs> quite literally, my thoughts. I'm gonna try to talk around spoilers. For you, since you haven't seen, uh, no, 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 you, you can you can just spoil. I I don't care. We're going we're going all out of spoilers. We're going all, all right. Spoilers. So spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the end of the show. The White Walkers are dealt with in an absolutely horrible way in the ending, and kind of just and they meant nothing. Written off, and they mean nothing. And immediately on this rewatch, going back and watching this opening scene, I was pleasantly surprised with how good it was, but then also incredibly depressed because angry. It means nothing, and this great opening is just thrown away in the garbage. Yep. And it's it's just it could it couldn't it uh, wouldn't leave my mind that they were yep. gonna fuck this up as watch while I'm watching it. There was a cool monster, dude. Yep. Really, my first note, my first note. Suffice to say, it's depressing as shit seeing them do this setup for the tragedy that is the payoff. Yeah, yeah. It was really good, and it kind of is the. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Theme of my <laughs> thoughts on this rewatch of this episode is that there was a cool, scary monster, dude. It's kind of it's de okay, and then a girl, cool, scary monster girl. For you, it's really good. For me, yep. I don't know what was up with that. It's depressing because I know I know how bad it's gonna yeah. end. 
I just know how bad it's going to end, and it just is really depressing. And it, it just see you guys saying it's going to end bad means nothing to me because I don't know how it's going to end. You you say that it ends bad, but I'm like, yeah, it starts off really good. How could this end bad? No, uh, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It starts off amazing, but by the time we get to the ending, better, you're gonna way. have you're gonna have some only thoughts. gets better. Yeah, until it doesn't, and then it starts getting worse. It only gets better until it doesn't. Ah, I see. I see. The peak of the peak of this show is the peak of television. It could be considered that. Yeah, this was one of the greatest shows I had ever seen when it first came out. Um, we'll we'll have to see. We'll uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We obviously, if you're watching with fresh eyes, you don't know who these monsters are that are chasing them and kill them. And we no, I saw them called yeah. white. Well, so in the next scene, we see the uh, the ranger is the only one who survived. Well, before that, the young can the I young say ranger. It? Whoa, hold, whoa, 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 before that, we get the yeah. title Which, By the way, to this day, on that fucking imagine, yeah. amazing fucking Yeah, 100%. Wall. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you skipped over the title sequence. That's so yeah. iconic. Yeah, the title sequence is pretty, it's pretty good, and it is iconic. No, no! What do you mean pretty good? No, like, this is, there's no debate. I refuse to debate this. I love how perfect the atmosphere of the show. Like, they, they just drop us into this world... And there's a fucking huge ice wall. There's people riding horses with black cloaks out, out to nowhere. They speak without explaining anything. And we just, we're just left to understand things. And we do understand things because the way that yeah. it's talked about is so fluid. Yeah, it's written very well. It's written very well. I mean, but it's based completely on the books oh, in, in these early seasons. And so the writing, you can tell, is just very on top of things and, and really good. And, and the, like you guys are saying, the title sequence, I did kind of skip over it. I mean, I love the song. I love how the title sequence changes throughout the show. It's it's a really cool uh, feature. I love how it sets the setting and kind of shows us the world. I mean, the song is hype as hell. Like, yeah, that's definitely hype. It's also diegetic, which is crazy because that's actually something in the world yeah. that exists. I mean, it's 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 definitely not something to gloss over. The title sequence, you know, most HBO shows have title sequences, but this one is really, I think, in terms of just title sequences, steps up the bar puts the bar at a much higher level for title sequences in prestige yeah. dramas it was it was definitely I, I i don't know iconic is the only word i can think of yeah it is iconic it's it's a perfect it, it's it's so ingrained in my mind and i've barely seen the show if you show this to a, if you play the song to a random person i'm sure they can yeah. tell you what it's from even if they haven't seen the it's show. it's recognizable it's instantly recognizable so the the cold i feel like the opening of the show does a really good job of kind of preparing you for the darkness of this world as well yeah just straight up showing viscera yeah it does it does especially with the horror horror scene yeah yeah it was it was definitely i, I got i was spooked it's intense In broad daylight i was like what the i'm gonna i, I was like i'm gonna get jump scared yeah. <laughs> in a game of thrones i'm gonna be jump scared and i'm not gonna be happy it's it's really intense i i i forgot how intense it was uh but luckily i was not jump scared yeah. the next scene though the the shot of winterfell i love that that is a great shot and then winterfell just written on the bottom it's just such a cool looking castle like you can already tell it's like this cold gray like they just they do a really good job of um in terms of the cinematography in the show of setting the scene for where we are in the world of westeros it does it does a visually you can just tell right away this is the north you know and the sense of scale is done awesomely as well yeah 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 I mean, you saw that massive ass wall in the first. Oh yeah, and well, the the how about the 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 knights like running up the hill to get the night watch deserter? You know, that's that's a that's a really yeah. Like Luke said, sense of scale is the perfect way to describe it. It's just a so great. Blew my mind. When 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 was the book the first book uh, published? Do we have any idea? Oh, it was in the 90s yeah okay i was about to say winterfell sounds like a skyrim name but clearly yeah. <laughs> clearly yeah, something other way around if i'm if i'm remembering correctly the books yeah. are very inspired by lord of the rings and also our own like european history during the middle ages yeah isn't it based off it's the the war of the roses or something yeah yeah it's based off the war of the roses which is something that actually happened in real life 
but clearly there were no real dragons. Yeah. The the Starks, the Starks and the Lannisters, the Starks and the Lannisters have a real world equivalent. I think yes. it was like Britain and France, and they had two families that were warring. A lot of medieval times influence from our own world in terms of the the House of Lancaster yep. and the House of York. Very cool, very cool stuff. Very cool way to bring that all together and and keep the darkness, but while also giving the show a bit of a fantasy feel and making it feel. Uh, Kind of like something we'd never seen before because Lord of the Rings was medi- medieval yeah. ages, but it wasn't, it was very fantasy, you know. I would say this is like hyper dark fantasy, yeah. It's it, but it, like hyper realism fantasy almost, yeah, yeah. like it's it's a it, it, dark is good too. It, it's just very, very different from anything I'd ever seen before, um, in terms of a medieval story. I mean, we straight up in the first scene, or not the first, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much the first sequence, we get a beheading we see a dead child in full view we, we see the the dude get his we get an yes. ice monster beheading yeah. a guy and we see a and we see a possessed yeah. dead child it's definitely dark <laughs> if nothing else immediately fantasy immediately dark very cool and then we see the the knights that capture this guy because he ran away he survived i guess yeah uh I don't think we know at this time that he's a deserter, though. I think they're just showing him being captured. You know, if you read the books, you'll know. But if if you haven't read the books, you're well, just kind of like. Think... I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure in dialogue yes. they say that if you you can run home now and be able. Oh, to be in the first scene. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yes, yeah, they they, yes, so they, they kind of do have him getting captured. You, if you... you you know that he's a deserter when they're captured, and you know what's going to happen. Yep. Like even if you, it's not strictly said what's going to happen, you just know from just the know. way everything's been progressing. You're just like, especially when 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 the news is brought to. Lord yeah, Stark. yeah, yeah. Speaking of Lord Eddard oh, Stark. Speaking of Lord Stark, Stark, that's perfect. I love him. Segue into Sean fucking Bean. Our scene of of the Stark children practicing archery, and every one of their characters is perfectly done from this one introduction. It's crazy. From the one introduction, they're all perfectly shown. Arya coming and shooting the arrow better than Bran. John and Rob kind of laughing at Bran for being bad. Ned and John kind of like be like the 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 role model trying to look good in front of Lord Stark. <laughs> oh, yup, and Catelyn. It's it's the the whole Stark family. I think was cast amazing. I think their chemistry oh. is amazing. I think. I think in this episode, it's just fantastic watching them all interact. I I was, I forgot that the show ends horribly when I was watching that because it was just so it was so fun to watch, you know. Um, but wh- why was that other dude? I think his name is Theon, Theon Greyjoy. Yes, Theon. That's what I wrote. Why is he there? I don't like him, and I don't know why. He's Ned's ward. You know what ward is? Oh, okay. You know what a ward is? Yeah, yeah. There was a war where one house tried to secede from the Seven Kingdoms, and when they finished beating down the rebellion, they took this lord's children as hostages, and that is what Theon is. He's the ward. That I see. I dislike. You're him meant to right away. You're meant like to his, right I away. Like and it only goes down. If I met someone who was like, I like Theon, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you think you like Theon pre-season seven? You're weird. Yeah, you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um we obviously see ned just like watching over his children sean bean is incredible like can we just I, I, that was that was the one thing that stood out to me in this episode is He's he so is amazing amazing like I, I i don't care how the show ended when i'm watching him i don't care that it has all this controversy i don't he's just so good as ned stark he is so Same. good like my thought also is like so for the book, the assassination of his character started way sooner, and I still love him immensely, but it, it hurts me to know what could have been, you know? Like, seeing how well he does yeah. everything, like, the amount he was too, of emotion that he gives to his He's too good for the world. I'm imagining some of the scenes that he could have been in oh. did not happen. Oh, it's so, it's so fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's just, he doesn't even have to say anything. Yeah. Just him, like you said, him just looking at his kids and watching them interact. It's just, it's great. So, man. Yeah, he definitely acts his ass off in this. In it's this show. it's really great. I love that Arya is just really good as yeah. an archer. Yeah. The Stark boys, John and Rob, I think are cast perfectly. I I agree. I think those two actors are good, and we're going to be really. seeing them in the future in Marvel movies as superheroes. So are we? Oh jeez. Yeah, they're both in the Eternals. What the fuck? Richard Madden and Kit Harington are both playing the two main yeah. two of the main characters in the Eternals. Yeah, Richard Madden is playing probably the strongest Marvel character we're gonna see, named Icarus, and John. Uh, John Kit Harrington is playing a character named Dame Whitman, who in the comics is known as the Black Knight. Oh my god! 
Uh, he gets his powers from an enchanted sword. Look at that. Oh, he's losing Zora Hai. Fucking, yep, it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. It's really cool. Even to Zora Hai because the show wouldn't. Yep, it was a great, great casting. But um, we see them. I think all the, like you said, all the kids are cast great. Arya yeah. is great casting. Sansa. They're just, they just all. I fucking hate Sansa. How, how, but, uh, yeah. But they just, how old is Arya meant to be in this show? Um, Nine years old. Nine? I think she's meant to be nine. I mean, and maybe in the book she's meant to be nine. I don't know about in the show. And Bran, Bran is ten. She's younger than Bran? By like a year. Like very, okay. very, not that much younger. Okay. Yeah. It's it's weird because I, I looked it up because I remember Maisie Williams is the same age as me. So when that came out, yeah. she was yes. 14. 2010. But she she looks like she belongs as like a nine-year-old. It's it's so it's so bizarre. It's the costume and makeup, dude. The costume. True. Yeah. In the books, okay. In the books, in the book, she's nine. In the book, she's nine. In the show, she's eleven. Okay, so she's a year older than Bran. Okay, yeah, I, I, I that makes sense. It's the costuming. I mean, I think that's a that's another incredible aspect of this show is the costumes. <laughs> it definitely. Oh, is dude, and the set design. The set design. Oh. Oh my god. It's amazing. Mind blowing. Like mind blowing to watch. Actually, amazing. Yeah, mind blowing to watch. Like, yes, there's a real place that existed in the world. I felt like I was there. <laughs> I feel like I could yeah, go and yeah. walk and see what they're they're doing. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're, they aren't though. No, I I know, but what the fell isn't real. <laughs> I would go and I would see those people there. They aren't. No, David, you can't go to King's Landing. <laughs> uh, huh? <laughs> no, no, you can't go. You can't. What do you mean? You can't. You can't go to King's Landing. It's on a, the planet that Westeros is on. Is called Planetos. I was planning on going there this winter, bro. Winter's coming. Well. Well, you definitely don't want to go to Winterfell in the winter. You'd rather be at King's Landing. Yeah, exactly. Actually, no. Winterfell surprisingly is uh, nice in the winter. It's the nicest place in all in the winter. <laughs> winter is coming. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. That's right. No, no, no. In in book canon, the the place that uh that Winterfell is built on has natural water that comes up from the ground, like like hot geyser water, and that's why it literally flows throughout the entire uh uh castle, and that's why it, it's it's habitable. It's the only large castle that's habitable in, in Westerners that far north. Oh, that's actually cool. I didn't know that. That's yeah. that's really cool. But it must be so cold, no? No, it, it's because the, the the it's hot like geyser water that that heats the entire castle. So it's just it's just a, a massive hot yeah. springs. That's kind of hype, actually. So for some background on the whole winter is coming thing, David, they in this on this planet, the seasons last a long time. So when winter, winter comes, coming. it lasts for years. Sometimes. It, so sometimes the, like, winter will at least last for a year, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. the last winter only lasted for a year. And most winters previously have been very short. And that's why it's like a huge mythos in the show that the next winter is going to be a really serious and savage winter. So, so then I guess long, spoiler for me. Long and savage. Is it? No. <laughs> is it in the books uh we haven't gotten there in the books wait well, no <laughs> didn't you say this first one was written in the 90s they haven't gotten there but in the show no it's not the last book was written in 2015 david so what is wrong with this guy what is wrong with george R. R. martin and why is he working on elden ring i ask myself that question every so time do I. I don't know man he's he's rolling in dough he's distracted i guess you oh, know makes so much buku bucks <laughs> it's sad he, he's yeah he's he's rivaling the berserk uh manga artist the manga creator and it's really sad all yeah. three of them are together we jump what it what, what happens i mean the, the guy comes up to ned and tells him they caught a deserter right yeah and he tells uh ned that he saw the the white walker well he catlin doesn't want ned to bring uh brand but ned wants to show brand what what has to happen first winter is coming yeah he has to he has to show brand what's going on more context even more context david winter is coming like every house has has like a word and like a crest and the words of House Darkers Winter is coming. It's like their phrase. Why? It's it's because they like for them in the books at least they are very 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 connected with winter and the north in a very strange and mythical way. Yes. So is winter actually coming then, or is they yeah. are they just saying that? Yes. Yes. No. No. Winter is coming in the in universe. Winter is coming. But the words... That's also their, their, their catchphrase. The words of their house, yes. Winter is coming. Like, the entire... We're getting really hung up on winter. <laughs> this is just so, so bizarre to me. <laughs> on the winter. So does the show. So does the show. So, so if winter just ends, they'll still be like, winter is coming. Yes. So, like, here's the thing. Winter is always coming. <laughs> so, their, the perspective uh -huh. of the Starks, the perspective of the Starks is that is that you're preparing for winter at all times because winter is is coming like yeah, which is coming but it's also like something you have to be prepared for because if you're not it will destroy you and everyone you love and your whole family and your house so tldr oh, okay winter is coming <laughs> winter is winter coming is. winter is coming you'll hear, that, you'll hear that a 
lot because it's a very important phrase for the Starks. I mean, he says it. He says it in the show. Yeah, multiple times. So obviously, like David was saying, they tell Ned, hey, this guy's a deserter, and Ned has to extract the punishment on him that is a part of their tradition. Well, the man who passes the sentence or First, the the deserter tells Ned that he saw White Walker. True, he does. He tells Ned, and, and, Ned. and Ned is like, "Our star does not believe him at all." It seemed to me like he was hesitant to believe him. Not that he entirely discredited. It seemed like he was more nervous about it than anything. It almost it doesn't well, seem I think, like the majority of other characters in this show kind of treat it like a joke. I don't think Ned treats yeah, it like yeah. a joke. Exactly, it's like a joke. He, I know, I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't believe him, and I think his true feelings is what he tells Bran later, where he says, "A madman sees what a madman yeah. sees." I, I wouldn't doubt that. I yeah. wouldn't doubt that. I, I could believe that entirely. Actually. But, but Ned is a Ned is as we see and as we come to learn is a very understanding person and a very compassionate person, and he, that's why I don't think he immediately dismisses the guy out of hand and is like, "This guy's a fucking idiot." You know, he he takes he takes everything seriously in this in this world because it's a hard life, and he's an older guy. He shows him respect. Yeah, shows him respect, yeah. and he kills the guy, and he explains to Bran why he has to kill the guy, and and John tells Bran to not look away. This is all treated very seriously, and it's very intense to kind of see a scene where a little kid is watching a guy get murdered. It, it, it like. Another on-screen decapitation. It's it's another yep. it's another way where the show shows us uh, how dark this world is without having to tell us, which is incredible storytelling, if you ask me. When when you, when I'm shown how the world is supposed to be and the place I'm watching is supposed to be, as opposed to having characters explain it to me, we just had a ten-year-old watch <laughs> yeah. a guy's head get cut off because winter is coming and he tells he tells brand our way is the old way the man who passes the sentence will swing the sword and he he gives some lore and tells him that uh the blood of the first blood flows the first men flows in the vein of the starks which is some deep lore for game of thrones and for this world the first men being the first humanoid men that lived in westeros from the north being from the north yeah you're getting away from me now. <laughs> it's very, it's very. We'll we'll get into it later in like other seasons and episodes. <laughs> you, you you said blood of the first men, and I was like, oh yeah, just their ancestors were part of the first. And you're like humanoid men. I'm like, uh, okay. So there's a lot of racism. Basically, the idea is that this world is a world where it's just humans now, and it's medieval, but it used to be a world filled with crazy creatures and magic. And there's still no, well, there's still in Westeros, it's it's declining. But eastward, there's a whole slew of shit that is fucking freaky. Yeah, I yeah. see. I see. You know, you know how you like um, you know how you like um, what's that called, yeah. dude? What's his name? Uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. There's a literally entire society where they worship oily black heads of ancient beasts. Lovecraftian. There's a lot of Lovecraftian stuff in it too. Yeah. There's a there's a, there's a fish cool. race too. Yeah. Ooh, uh -huh. that's there's a lot of a lot of a lot of magical stuff, but the show itself is trying yeah. to show us that magic is kind of dead in now. That is yeah. in Westeros. Yeah. Is 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 there magic in this yes. world? Yes, there will be magic. Will we see magic in the show? Yes, you will see. Magic. Yes, you will see magic. Oh. One of my favorite lines, though, in that scene, and probably my favorite line in the scene, is when he tells him the man who passes the sentence should swing uh -huh. the sword. It perfectly explains who Ned is, man. It shows you just how good of a dude like we just watched him kill somebody execute somebody who probably didn't deserve to be executed but we don't hate him i don't hate ned for it i understand him and it's like i can see the passion i mean it's sean bean doing a ton of work <laughs> but it's it is so good it's just it's just a great line and a great explanation of who he is and then we obviously get the direwolf scene yeah uh which is just a fantastic scene again we, we get a a scene of a a Rotted maggot. Definitely deer. was a fucking maggot in that deer. Yeah, it was gross. Bro, like, was that a real deer? No, yes, that was a real deer. What? That was a real deer. That was a real deer. No, it had to be. The wolf wasn't. It. The wolf was fake. Wolf was, no, wolf no, no, no. Of course, the, the, the wolf was fake, but that deer had to be that real. Was real. It had to be. Another quick little line in that moment that I again just Ned, just I love Ned is when he he pats the dead wolf and he he tells him like you fought yeah. well or something like that or brave mama or something like tells her a brave mother something he gives the wolf like respect you know and it's like you could just i love a character like that where you can just see that he has compassion for everything around him you know he he feels deeply one step further i think is that he is at first like he wants to you know say he says i don't belong here and he was he's you know g giving the go ahead to 
have him put out of their misery, but he respects the mythos when John says, these are your, this is the sigil of your house and you have five children and five like things. They're meant to have these, especially. He respects the tradition. Especially in the books. These direwolves are seen as 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 actual like mythical protectors of like it, these are almost like sent for the for the star children literally by like the heavens yeah Damn. yeah it's it's very cool how he lets them keep it uh, I definitely hate Theon I'm pretty sure this is where David hates Theon when he takes the fu- the puppy <laughs> yeah uh, no no I just just well yes but the, the first time I saw his face I just didn't like it and now. Yeah, and now I like I have a reason to dislike him. Yeah, when he grabs the puppy and he's like getting Oh yeah, baby. That's that's the Andre Joy. That yeah. is the Andre Joy. Yeah, that that I hated him on me. I forgot how much I, I was like, oh I hate yep. this guy. <laughs> like I was like, get, get put that pup give Brand that puppy back. Yep. What the hell are you that doing? Is <laughs> like, that's his that's his damn puppy. Yep. <laughs> we also get the first sighting of ghosts. Of ghosts when John there's none for John and yeah. he finds the there's, there's ghosts in this show? The runt? Well, yeah. that's the name of John's direwolf is ghost. Yeah, John's direwolf's ghost. Oh, the white one. The white one with the oh. red eyes where he doesn't think there's one for him, but there is. And it's the only one that yeah, looks yeah. different and it's not with the group. Very clear visual foreshadowing and storytelling uh-huh. going on. Hey, guess what, Joe? Guess what, though? Hmm. In the books, Anthony, John is a fucking warrior. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I did know that. Yeah. Holy fucking shit, dude. We'll I'm save so that mad. till when it comes when it comes time to explain to David because he probably has no idea what that is. <laughs> Sorry about that one, dude. Yeah, yeah. He probably has Sorry no idea what that is. No fucking idea. Yes. The the yes. Did, yes. Did he name the, the direwolf ghost in this episode? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure he did. So. I'm not sure he did. Yeah, I don't think he does. In this I, episode. I, yeah, I don't think he does. Okay, yeah, I then maybe don't not. think he did. But that's the name of his. Every one of their... Because I've never heard ghost before. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you guys are talking about real ghosts. Every one of their direwolves will get a name, and and all the kids name them, and they ha- and like yeah, yeah, of course. I also love how Ned says like you'll feed them, you'll train them. Like he's very, you know, he's if, and if they die, you'll bury them. Yeah, if 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 they're gonna be yours, you're gonna take care of them, and I like yeah. that. I really like that a lot. I respect it a lot. And then we have the uh, first sighting of King's Landing. Yes, the short, the very short scene of King's Landing where we don't really get explained who these two characters are, but if you know, you know what you know, and you're watching, yeah. you know exactly what's going on. One third of Robert's Rebellion is dead already. Yep, the start of the show. John Aaron is dead immediately. Uh, dead. The hand of the king is just dead, dude. And it, it is boggles the mind how good the writing is. Where just the conversation between Jamie and Cersei, it just oozes intrigue and sets up the coming conflict like pristine perfectly perfectly but without revealing anything. anything you don't know anything without revealing anything you don't know you don't know what's going on between them you don't know just them passing like these code words you don't know anything you do anything you do. yeah i have literally no idea guys don't worry <laughs> you don't know why they're talking so secretively you just know that this nope, no idea all you know is that lord john aaron the hand of the king for the past 17 years is dead by disease it was quick and they don't want anyone to find out why you know they're scheming and that and and it's it's a great scene. Um, I should say here as well. This is Jamie Lannister, t- second for me. Like him and Ned are in this oh, yeah. first episode. Were oh, the yeah. two characters I was obs- I was like I love these two characters. In in, in all of Game of Thrones, uh, the show and the books included, Jamie Lannister is, is my all time favorite character. Like yeah. That. All-time favorite. They're amazing. They're both of them ha- are amazing. Just chewing up scenery. But uh, uh, Nicholas Coster Walju is the actor. So amazing. Just fantastic. Um, so I, I just I just remember loving that scene. I just remember like and just loving every scene with him in it. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's a very cryptic scene, and you, and you won't really find out what's going on till the end of the episode. Um, there's a uh, they're traveling to the north to visit Winterfell, obviously, and Ned finds out um through Catelyn telling him by the weirwood tree. Yeah. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, and Catelyn Catelyn also tells him that John Aaron is dead, and we see that Ned is really heartbroken about this because John Aaron meant a lot to him. And even more, we get like these just we just get these connections, right? These just these connections that like oh, so this person yep. and this person knew each other, and they had a bond, and this other person has a bond, and he's coming down, and it's like this world is so vast and alive and breathing. Yes, it just feels existed. It feels like it's like these people are existing here. Yeah, really cool. I think we see Bran climbing as well. Yeah, foreshadowing for the end of that. Yep, episode at the end of that. Um, we also find out in that Catelyn and Ned scene that Catelyn isn't from the North. Yes, we do. Yeah, that's the first time we find out that she's not a Northerner. <laughs> but Ned is telling her that she is now. You know, you have five Northern children. Yeah, yeah five Northern children. Very, very good scene. Ned is just great. I mean, and then obviously we get the King uh, arriving. He's such a homie. Baratheon. Robbie B, 
being just uh, just uh, again my third favorite just chewing up scenery Robin big boy Baratheon Bobby B in the flesh yeah it's it's great it's great I have in my notes that's the sentence literally everything about Robert's interactions <laughs> show us your muscle be so good we, yeah Ned he's uh, or Bran is climbing the child uh, uh, something I have in my notes is I'm was really impressed by the child actors. Oh. The child actors in the show were. Yeah, yeah. I was actually kind of shocked at how good they were. Yeah, I will say this, and I don't think I dislike the actor. I fucking hate Sansa. I dislike Sansa immensely oh, as well. Oh, welcome to the club. I think you're meant to. I <laughs> wouldn't doubt it because the entire episode was really good, and I don't have a reason for disliking her. It just, it, I just do, and I think that's that's a really good way that it sets up how to dislike a character like i don't like Theon Greyjoy either and i wasn't really given a reason until the direwolf scene but i didn't like him from the start and but, but there was something you knew about him yeah. just by seeing him that there was something you yeah. didn't like about like sansa yeah. it seems like just a prissy brat who just oh, wants yeah. everything her way mm-hmm. and you see that in like every scene where she's yep. in like ugh, ugh, yeah i don't like it don't like it yeah. diving into like more of the mythos and the uh you know book history of this part of the show the, the the first thing that robert does when he gets to winterfell after introducing himself straight to leona's grave and like honestly oh i noticed that right away i noticed that right away where he's like we're going to the crypts uh-huh. immediately and, and isn't cersei like oh, she's pissed she's fucking pissed she's pissed she's like right away like blah blah, blah. Yeah. but like honestly knowing what i know this might be the saddest scene in the entire show genuinely it's definitely one of the saddest scenes what do you know there's a lot. There's a lot, David, of backstory here that will it'll come to fruition during the yeah. series, and you'll you'll be able to see why he goes to the crypt right away. And why I mean, he kind of explains it a little bit in the crypt. Yeah, he he explained it that that uh, the Ned's sister was meant to be his wife. I got that, and she died. I don't know if it was explained or I just don't remember. It's not explained how. But he's. Yeah. But like even even beyond that, Anthony, the sadness of of ned is better is is in this scene is is worse than the sadness for robert yeah. because knowing what i know and knowing probably what you know yeah. yeah what he's the secret he's keeping from his best friend in the world at this point yeah he's he you can yeah. see it on his face he's distraught oh, yeah. by all of and, this, and like he know? sees that his best friend in the world is mourning a lie i i have no idea we lost yep i also love me. i also <laughs> okay so I I also love the during the the introduction scene when robert says to bran you'll be a soldier oh. Um, completely wrong. Oh. It went like knowing the future, completely wrong. And it, it kind of is like this foreshadowing for Robert's character that he just is always wrong and he doesn't really know the world he's living in. And he's just everything around him, he's kind of he's kind of a mess ever since Leanna's death. Like he's know? like he or he was like your typical hero. And he that's not this world. Yeah. That is this world. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh Arya wants to see the imp, but the imp is not there. Oh, the imp. Um, obviously, Robert is telling Ned he wants him to be hand yep. of the king. And Joffrey and Sansa's um, betrothal. Oh, gross, dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I, I believe we cut to, uh, is it Tyrion next? Yep, we got blonde Peter Dinklage. <laughs> In the flesh. Tyrion. <laughs> Half a body, but three times the mind. Tyrion getting uh, getting blown. I, I That was just <laughs> a little too much. I was like, all right, man. I love that. I, I love it. If it's if you're gonna have two on-screen decapitations, why wouldn't there be? Sex I, in the I agree. World? I, I 100% agree. Of course. No, I mean, of course. I just, I just, uh, I, I want to hear Tyrion talk more than I want to see him make O faces. Can, can we get a? Can we get an unedited uh, cut of that, please, with Peter Dinklage? I'm talking about specifically. He wants to see Peter. Yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> I'm good on that. Um. I also love Jamie. I also love Jamie coming in and 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 oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know like bringing in the other girls instead of like like obviously he's very like friendly with Tyrion and he he you can tell right away that he really love like the, there's a yeah. there's a real brotherly love and bond between the two of them, and I I love that characterization. It's it's done so well. Yeah yeah. Uh-huh. The other thing that I love is just how witty they both are to each other. Yes. So good. He has that one line. Yes. Like, I, you have much to teach me. I'm sure. <laughs> they That's both are so witty to each other yeah they both just know how to like they bounce their chemistry uh-huh. the actor's chemistry is perfect between the two of them um and then obviously we cut to pentos the first scene of the dragon blood across the sea so david for a little a little uh world building for you to kind of understand where we are on a map per se 
Winterfell is in the northern part of Westeros, and that's the continent on the left side of the map. Okay. And it's like yeah. a vertical continent, very long ways, right? It stretches down very long and skinny. And then on the right side, on the right yeah. side of the map is the east, like Luke was talking about, the eastern part of this planet. And it's one massive continent that just stretches all the way out. It's one massive continent. It's it's like Europe and Asia, you know, it's like a giant just big continent and that's where daenerys is right now is in pentos and it's called pentos how many continents are there no, no, no. well not no the continent isn't called pentos the city they're in so is called pentos westeros is the continent it's the kingdom the kingdom not the continent it's basically that they call westeros and the seven kingdoms are almost interchangeable but the kingdom yeah. but it's also the name of the entire continent okay yeah yeah but that's the that's the continent on the left hand side, and then on the right hand side you have the Eastern Kingdoms, or I don't even know what they call the entire continent there. They just it's just like one massive. It's like a like yeah. a conglomerate. Yeah, it's crazy with a bunch of countries and a bunch of different uh, like Luke was saying, a bunch of different communities and and religions and and it's it's uh it's meant to be very mysterious and it's across the sea. It's called the Narrow Sea because the sea that separates the two continents is quite small. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. And she's obviously in the free city. She's in the free city of Pentos is where she's at right now. Yeah, she is definitely. Which is a city on that continent. I, I love her. I think her I think her characterization, I think her characterization is is okay in this episode. Um, I kind of. You know, this characterization is fucking on point. I kind of hate everything, though, that has to do with her now. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a given. I, I don't know. You know, and like. And I also really hate Viserys immediately. Like, he's just so creepy right away. It's just, ugh. Nah. Well, the thing is, that's the thing. His fucking characterization is on point. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that the characterization isn't on point. It's just I was creeped out. Like, I can't sit here and lie and say that so I wasn't just creeped out. out the entire scenes with him, you know. And I'm just like, this is so gross. Like, it's perfectly psychotic and creepy and just like on edge. It's just gross. I was creeped out, but I thought it was really well done in the way that I was creeped out. Like, I wasn't creeped out and thinking to myself, "Ew, this is creepy." I was like, "Ew, damn, this guy yeah, is this weird." Guy the, ew, what the? What's wrong with this dude? I definitely thought it was gratuitous, but I thought, I, I, yeah, I did not I have, think that at all. I mean, dude, we literally saw two dudes getting their heads cut off. We saw a brothel you scene, think, and you're well, like, okay, this a, one thing is too much. Yeah, yeah, just the focusing, the camera angles they decided. It seems very, I don't know, just came off per- pervy to me. Yeah, we just think from his perspective. Yeah, that's the point. You're, you're looking at it from his perspective. I, I isn't he? See, I, I know what happens to him because I remember that, but. At this point, you're supposed to think that he's like gonna <laughs> yeah. be the main guy. Well, not the main guy. I, I, think so. I mean, no, not not the main guy. But I think like between him and Daenerys, he's you, you think you're gonna follow him. Yes, yes. You're supposed to think that he's yes, yes. No. Yeah, I mean, actually, I would kind of disagree with that because when he right. leaves the scene, we focus on Daenerys getting into the tub and which is also foreshadowing that the when the person goes, it's too hot, and she's just sitting in the hot ass water, totally fine. I think I think the focus is on Daenerys. I think I think he's kind of being set up immediately as an antagonist. I don't think he's being set up as the character we're going to follow. I think she is. Because if you think about every Targaryen scene we have, it's always kind of centered around her perspective of what's happening. True. True. But it definitely feels like he takes the the yeah. uh the floor in all of the scenes. He definitely is in control. Obviously, you know, we find out that she's getting married off to this the group of nomadic tribalist people so that he, Viserys can have a, a an army. Um, and we see for the first time Cal Drogo. Yep. So I have in my notes, Jason Momoa finally gets a God. role he can shine in, one where he doesn't speak. <laughs> uh, fuck you. And uh, he's hot as hell. It's so crazy how well shit is done man yeah i mean yeah i when he's like standing there and not talking i'm like this guy's a great actor and then when he talks i'm just like oh god i mean i'm kind of ruined though because i hated aquaman i hated justice league i hate every, i kind of just don't like him i think he's a bad actor he's just kind of a bad actor but in a role like this you don't need to be an amazing dramatic actor you know <laughs> you just need to be look big and menacing yeah yeah and he pulls it off he pulls it off very well i agree the way that that i'm like i'm gonna say this again the way that shit looks is un- unimaginably good. How it's insane how good the Dothraki look. Yeah, the costume design. The like I'm like, did, these, did they get actual Dothraki to 
play a part. <laughs> the real ju- the real ju- it's a juxtaposition from the way the people in the north look oh, yeah. compared to the Dothraki, and it's such it it's it's such a good visual. Again, this show does a great job with visual storytelling of like look at how different these two worlds are, but they exist in the same world. You know, I mean, you say two worlds, I would say three. You can look at the Targaryens, and you they're just completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. Well, so the Targaryens are very much the uh, they're like they're like the southern counterpart to the north like like uh maybe so but i would say that they're completely different from what they saw from what we saw over there oh yeah definitely 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 no he's david's right in terms of the way they dress they even dress different from what we see as represented as the southern people the lannisters and robert they they exactly they all look different so you could even say four worlds you know yeah, yeah. They, they they all look very they all have their own very there's it's, it's like I'm saying, there's very strong visual storytelling going on with the way these characters are approached and look and feel when you first see them on screen. Obviously, Viserys wants Westeros back because, uh, as we find out through their conversations, the Targaryens used to be in charge of Westeros and they're not anymore. He says the incredibly creepy line about the tribe that just, mm-hmm. I just, oh God, that fucking made me gag. I, I hate him. I can't wait for yep. him to die. I cannot wait for him to die. I just hate that character. I mean, maybe that's like kudos to the actor, you know, playing, yeah, playing, playing a character so, so damn dis- oh, just yeah. disgusting that I just want to see him die, you know? That definitely is the point. And then we obviously cut back to Winterfell and we have the feast going on. Robert is just literally just cheating on his wife in her face. It's like, wow, what a piece of shit. My God. And Cersei's just standing there with the biggest cowl I've ever seen. She just looks mad. She's mad. And Catelyn is trying to like distract her. (laughs) Can you imagine being Catelyn in that scene? (laughs) Let me ask. Let me ask something. Since most people who have listened to this, I've already seen this show. Why does she care? Why does she care that he's, she's sleeping with her brother? Um, so her ego is massive. First of all. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Yeah. That's it. So we find out later that there was a time when she she was once enamored with the fairy tales like Sansa was. She was a child like Sansa was once. And when she was initially married off to Robert, she thought that she was getting the the dream life, the nights and happy ending. Yeah. And then and on the first on the first night that they were married, he was so drunk that he couldn't like have sex with her. And as he was falling asleep, the only thing that he said was the actual woman yep. that he loves name instead of hers, Liana, right? Yeah, Liana Stark. Damn. And was yeah. this before or after she was sleeping with his, her brother? Um, I think in canon before, but I'm gonna be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think I was assuming that she had always had a relationship with her brother, married the king, cut off the relationship with her brother, and then got back with her brother. I, I, I know nothing about her except because in that scene, in these scenes, you don't know that her ego is massive. You sort of see her as far as I saw because. This really was practically my first viewing again. It just yeah. seemed like she was upset about it. For, and, you know, had you not had that scene at the end, I would have been like, okay, it's definitely warranted that she's upset about it. That's what yeah. I was going to, I was, I think I was going to say it plays well. I think it plays well because at this point, if you're watching with fresh eyes, you don't know that she's sleeping with her brother. So, yeah, but it's in the same episode that you find out. So yeah. I, I'm just, I'm questioning it now. I just, it, it it it's a disconnect for me. It definitely does come off as that way, in a sense of where you're like, why would she be mad if she's if she's also doing her own thing, you know? But yeah, obviously she is because you we didn't really get much character from her. No, I, I feel this episode. No, and but we will get a lot from her. Uh-huh. We'll get a lot. Um, I I don't doubt it. I I I do not doubt it whatsoever. I do really like uh, like I was saying the Catelyn trying to distract her because Catelyn's watching it too and sees this shit going on. And she's just trying to be a nice person and, like, distract her. And obviously Sansa comes and talks to Cersei because they're planning on marrying their kids together and or they're thinking about it. And Cersei just has some creepy questions for Sansa, just some intense, intense questions. It always weirds me out when um, not weirds me out, but it's always uh, it always builds tension in, in dark shows like this. When you have a child actor in a scene where there's, you know, uh, dark themes being presented or you yeah. know what i mean dark things being said it always gives it an extra bit of tension and a bit of like oh yeah. this is this is yeah. i love how she has like that kind of like cynical like disregard for people and how she's like you know is, is your is your have you flowered yet well you can't hide it be like that all the way from here forever you know i love the, the characterization on all three of the lannisters is just perfect 
Yeah. And very qu- it's very quick. It's not too deep, like David was saying, but we kind of get the feeling for who these people are right away, you know? That's crazy. We get uh, ben- we get Stark. Benjen. Benjen Stark, the um, Night's Watch guy, while John is sword practicing his sword fighting. Yeah. We find out Probably my favorite John can't... Scene. As the one that comes right after this with John and Terry. Very good. I was about to say that's my favorite scene. I love that scene. So Ben, Ben, John and Benjen are obviously talking. John wants to join the Night's Watch. You know, he wants to escape this world that he lives in because we find out he can't eat with the people because he's a bastard. I also love the fact that he's practicing his sword fighting and he's really, you know, obviously good at it. It's super, super foreshadowing for later in the show. And like, I love how Benjen is like the voice of reason trying to like just curb this enthusiasm for yeah, something that we later learn isn't really all that it's cracked up to be. Yeah. I know nothing about the wall, so it just seems like somebody who gave up their freedom and regrets it. It's really, it's really telling of how desperate John is, though, that he's willing to give up his entire life to escape. Yeah, but I think he's also just naive. Yeah, we learn later that he definitely hundred percent believes that the Night's Watch yes. is an honorable sect of yes. a brother, which it is not. But it just, it just, it shows John's naive naivete and his 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 desperation. Like he really wants to get the hell out of there he just he hates yeah. where he is you know and then of course mm-hmm. the next scene you guys were talking about the Tyrion and john scene i remembered liking this scene a lot more you guys said it was like your favorite scene i, I like the scene a lot i thought it was still really good but it, it it feels that Tyrion at this point is one of the most fleshed out characters from the first episode Easily. yeah oh yeah you 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 find out that a he's a dwarf b he's a he's a sex addict he's an alcoholic He's he may he may have three times the brain and half the body, but he's stunted emotionally. Yep. yep. He's just all fucked up in all kinds of ways, and he doesn't know how to handle it. No, 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 no. But the best part is though, is that he like his his he's like such a dick at first. You think he's a dick, right? But then you actually realize that that he has been through this fucking shitty world. He's been beaten down, and he just wants to take this person yep. who has a chip on his shoulder Help and like 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 yeah. set him up for 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 not suffer to not to suffer as which much. which i i understand i don't necessarily agree with it but i do 100% see where he's coming from the whole the whole wear it like armor all, all dwarves are bastards in the eyes of their father like holy yep. shit dude i thought it was i thought i i thought their the conversation is really good that they have i just for whatever reason it didn't hit as hard so. i don't, i can't really pinpoint why it might be the whole aura of the ending of the show hitting me and me not realizing but I don't know. I, I, but that scene still is. It's one of the yeah. better scenes of the first episode, definitely. And then right after that, we have our third Lannister getting their spotlight, where he, uh, Jamie, confronts Ned. I love that scene. That was very good, also. That scene was amazing when Jamie walks up to him and he's talking about the duel, and he yeah. and he's saying, "Oh, what are we gonna, you know, duel, blah blah." And Ned's like, "Oh, well, when I fight a man, something about planning to kill him." Yeah, I don't, want, I don't want him to know what I can do. Yeah, I don't want him to know what I can do. And yeah. Jamie's like, that's a good answer. And they're like smiling. I, oh, it's uh, you could tell there's this tension. It's like the mythos of this is the person in Jamie's life who he hates more than anything. Why does Jamie yeah. hate him? Will we find this out soon? Okay, so when? Yeah, you do find, find this out. But you don't find this out the season. Okay, then season go ahead and I guess yeah. lightly spoil it for me. Um, John, uh, sorry, not John. Jamie did something incredibly admirable and difficult like he made a choice that that saved millions of lives and because of ned's strict moral code he was judged as a horrible person for it and like it's this this, this intricate scenario where the greatest thing that jamie ever did in his entire life was the thing that he's condemned for the most of all yeah i see and 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 the source the source of that ridicule is Eddard Stark. i see but yeah that scene between the two of them it just blew me away like i don't i didn't remember that scene. i remembered the Tyrion and john scene you know when i turned on the first episode i was like all right well i'm gonna get this cool Tyrion and john scene i did not remember that jamie and ned scene and when i watched it i was just th- these two actors are just playing off of each other is fantastic i think the biggest reason was the the um Tyrion scene was more direct yeah and you get a lot from it alone but with all your knowledge now you get to see the scene with the the uh ned and um jamie scene and you get to see it for what it is in its entirety. For me, it didn't like I saw them two good actors acting their asses off, but it didn't mean anything to me. So I I didn't really think twice. I I have nothing in my notes about it, specifically just because it 
was nice. It just didn't mean anything to me. But now you guys have that outside knowledge, and you saw this scene that previously didn't even like strike a chord with you. Now it's probably your favorite scene in the episode. Yep. Yeah. No, it's a hundred percent what it is. It, 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 it's a scene that when you have background knowledge, it just plays so much better. And it's, it's like you said, the actors are just, oh, I love them both. It's just, they're great. Such good characterization from both of them. We obviously see next, I believe is Ned and Catelyn in bed. Right. And he gets the letter from Catelyn's sister telling him that John Aaron was murdered and that the Lannisters are fucking evil and they're trying to kill Robert. Yeah, can I just like take a like a literal pause and just say, holy shit! When you know what Littlefinger does, this thing is just Littlefinger. He has taken the top off of the roof of the Stark Castle and he's connected strings to everybody. Yep. It's fucking lunacy, like dancing to his own fiddle, puppet master. Seriously, like literally, he is directing. Like he has, he's a conducting. He's conducting right now and. All three of the characters that are in the scene do exactly what he wants. Yep, and David David won't even know who he is until <laughs> like three episodes from now. I know who he is based on I, I know who he is and I know what he looks like. I don't know anything about him. I, I know his face and his name, and that is it. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll you, believe me, you'll find out. You will find out. And obviously uh-huh. that letter makes Ned have to make a decision. Join the king in almost certain death or abandon him. And Ned yeah. is the living embodiment of you know like honor before reason can i say this anthony that the like this scene and like the the shot where it had ned in front of the fire and over both of his shoulders was catlin and lewin both arguing their points for why he should and shouldn't go and like the yeah i have that in my notes word for word it's literally the angel and the devil so it was such a good shot oh it was such a good shot with which shot with the maester yeah with lewin on his right and yeah. Catelyn is left, and they're both yep. yeah. And they're both just—it was literally the angel and the devil. Yep, great dude, so fucking great. Cinematography. That's what I'm saying. The show really, really tried with cinematography to make this gorgeous. Make this something that's not, you know, it's it's why when these first seasons were coming out, people were saying this is one of the greatest TV shows to ever come out because it's 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 hitting you like a, you know, this like, it's like an Oscar movie almost, like an Oscar bait movie, but in in, in a in a hour long television series, it's it's. It was some incredible it, stuff. It, the funniest thing to me is if, if that seat, if that shot was done in any other manner, I feel like it would be just too bizarre. It would bring hollow. But yeah, it would just it, it just wouldn't fit, and it would be too comical, too cartoony. Yep. But here, it like somehow fits perfectly and works, and you're just like, wow, what is what is happening? Because it's like you're absorbed in this decision. You can tell that this is something like the gravity. There. And it's also again Sean Bean just being just amazing, oh. just just that brow. And dude, can I say maybe the most underrated actor actress in the show is Catelyn. Yeah, she's amazing. She's really good. Yeah, she's, she's really good. She's really good. She's she's cracked. Constantly, I mean, I think there was a scene earlier where she's like staring at John. I think we like skipped over it, and she's like glaring at him. And even oh, that is storytelling. Yeah. But that's just the, the this show. Uh, props to whoever with this first episode. They it's such. I'm a huge fan of when a show doesn't tell you in the dialogue, it just shows you visually because when you go back and watch it for a second time, you re- it's like David was saying with my love of the John or of the Ned and Jamie scene, it it it's loud. It's visually loud. It's visually just te- you're you know all you need to know with a look, you know? There doesn't need to be words. And that's that's kind of like how real life can be and it's it's why the show is really killing it in this first episode just really doing a good job and then we obviously cut to daenerys's wedding the weirdest fucking wedding i've ever seen like my god just a <laughs> lot of just a lot of weird shit going on and just you know just the dose definitely did get gifted a box of snakes <laughs> you told me you don't want people killing each other at your wedding uh, i don't know dude no i'm good on that that's crazy <laughs> that's kind of it's kind of it's kind of cool this is, i did really love when he killed the one guy and cut off his braid yeah. because we had learned earlier that the braids are how they d- determine their strength and I, re- I really enjoyed that little callback um we see jorah for the first time one of my or the fucking andal jorah the andal one of my favorite characters, characters. in this show he i love him I've just I just met him and I love him. Jorah is amazing. 
He's amazing. How he's like for the for the Targaryens, he's from Westeros, but he speaks Dothraki. He's just coming in hot, you know. Just his voice is mind blowing. I don't know why. It's great. It's great. I think he played Batman in an animated movie, actually. Really? Which yeah, which just makes sense because his voice is just so good. Um, he's he's really good, and we obviously don't know a lot about his backstory. We just know that he's loyal to the Targaryens, and that's why he's here. And that he's a knight. And that he's a knight. And Daenerys gets a, a very, very special gift that will have much more voice. Oh, huge. Yeah, I have I have that in all yep. caps. Drogon, Raegon, Viserion. She gets her box full of snakes. Uh, yeah, the stone, right. they're, they're, we're told <laughs> that they're made of stone and that they can't hatch, but they just look cool. Petkov's dragon eggs. What do you mean, guys? She got a box full of snakes. She got her wedding snakes. Look, what would you be more excited for, snakes or eggs? Uh, dragon eggs? <laughs> we're talking about... Eggs now, but she she got snakes. Is there actual dragon eggs, motherfucker? Uh snakes are pretty cool. Snakes. I don't know. It's hard because like the snakes can actually kill things. These dragon eggs are just like a, a ornament at this point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Re-exist the entire world, and they're also the most valuable things probably in the mythos. Yeah. Well, I don't know that they're dragon eggs yet. <laughs> yes, you do. I think that I think that they're rocks. No, you, but you do know the dragon eggs. They're just rock dragon eggs. I think we're meant to feel really sad for Daenerys in these scenes. Uh, 100%. That's the... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really awful just kind of watching it, and it's... Forces her to get wed to a goddamn monster human. She gets a box full of snakes, and then she gets raped. Yeah, it's just really bad. And uh, th- this, is, this is kind of one of the moments in the show. This, like... When you're first watching it, it makes sense, it fits, but knowing how bad her ending would be, this is almost like offensive. Yeah, I can agree. Because it's such character assassination. I know nothing. You don't. You don't. But you'll know what I mean when you finally get there. And it's it's very. Yeah. Uh, it's I had forgot that this happens to her, and it and and the ending makes it so much like watching it again makes it worse. It's just it's just wow, you did this to this character, and then you go and you do what you did in the end. It ugh, I can't even begin to, but I think you know Amelia Clark's doing a great job portraying the character, it and definitely is, and and the writing of it is really good up to this point where it's like wow, this is awful for this person. I I want to see her yeah. succeed and 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 make it out of this okay. Then we go back to Winterfell. Bran is climbing again. We we transport back to Winterfell. Bran is climbing. This mother is this boy loves climbing. I think his this one is when Catelyn tells him to stop climbing. Man, this boy's gonna fall and break his neck. Right? She tells him not to climb, right? No, no, that was the first time, I think. Oh, that was the first time? Yeah, he's climbing down. He's climbing down and she's like, Stop climbing, Bran. And I'm just like, he's gonna fall and break his neck one of these one days. Day. He's super athletic. He seems super. They, the way they portray him, he's like very good and very athletic and very. Yeah. Uh, His dream is being knight. Yeah, but he almost slips and falls like twice. <laughs> but he likes. He obviously likes to be up high and have a view of everything. He likes to see everything, which is again just this. The, the foreshadowing in the show is ridiculous. Like it, it is littered with foreshadowing. It is. It's. It's crazy. In the books, he he uh, he's the only person who climbs up to that tower where what we see happens goes down, and he feeds the ravens up there. He what? He feeds the ravens up there, Anthony. Oh, it gives us a reason for him to climb up to that tower. Yeah, for the view, and he he, he gives food to the ravens. Yeah, that's why he likes to climb all the way up there. That makes sense. What you're telling me it's not because he likes to watch people have incest sex? No, I mean, I that was gonna happen for the record. <laughs> <laughs> that was so weird and uncomfortable i'll be totally honest obviously we see you know yeah. they go on the they go on the 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 hunting party and then bran i mean let's just get to it we're right here at it they he fucking is at the window and he sees jamie and cersei just being incestual and this was like dude this was the moment i think of the show that made it a pop culture icon this i think this is the moment even though it's really weird and really gross it's the moment where uh the monoculture you know like society yeah. took notice and was like whoa this is some different shit there's consequences yeah. this this these two characters are duplicitous they're bad people and they have a secret that they can't get out and as a natural cause of that someone sees them that person is brand the things i do for love something happens to them that's negative so in he's acting his ass off in that moment because before he throws bran out he asks him how old he is and you can see he doesn't want to do it man he does not want to do this it's so good but he because jamie isn't a bad person jamie isn't a bad person but he's like a he's a complicated person 
and he throws Bran off, and you know, let the bodies hit the floor. his body hits the ground, and we cut to the end. And it's just, <laughs> this is a book only detail, but um, the line "the things we do for love" is like literally directly paralleled by Ned, who in like one of his most pervasive thoughts is the lies we tell for love. Which, if you know Anthony, that's if you know, you know. First cut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the lies we tell for love and the, the things. We- it's a it's a very yeah. good. I think it's a, it's a, the the show does this really really good subtlety of of showing all of these characters in a way and having these actors really play these scenes in a way where they're saying these things but they might not be meaning them or it might be leading into something else or yeah you know like Luke was saying Jamie's not a bad guy and you can you can see that before he throws Bran out of the window you can see he does not want to do it and it just. It adds so much just layers of depth to the show and just and just de- and it just it's it's honestly fantastic. It was one of the things I was watching. I was like, man, I forgot how good that was. What would you say is what, what do you think is the scene of this episode? What's your favorite scene in this episode? Uh, I already said it, but uh, John and Tyrion. I think that I think that was a great scene. Yeah, I think that's my, either that or the scene we talked about where it's Catelyn and Maester Luan like being the angel and devil on his shoulders that was that was insane but i i i have to go yeah, with, i love them both. Uh, I, it's hard for me to choose i'm definitely i'm definitely gonna go with the jamie and ned yeah. that's that's my favorite for sure i also really liked when benjen and ned talked that one was really cool i liked hearing them both say winter is coming to yeah. each other kind of showing that stark clubness yeah. you know winter's yeah. coming it's always coming <laughs> winter's coming it's coming uh so who's your after the first episode who's your favorite character in this first episode ned. Uh, if i'm going straight off to that now if i'm going from like you know what i know yeah jamie's still my favorite hmm. um either ned or Tyrion. i i was i had a feeling you were gonna say Tyrion. i i really like Tyrion. i i remember <laughs> loving him when i first watched it and after not remembering anything about him again i love him yeah. again this way he's got he's got a great time in the show he does great in the show yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna love him even more. Oh, For me, it's de- it's definitely Jamie, Jamie, and then closely followed by Ned. They're just they're both they're both just acting their asses off. Like they, like David was saying, mm-hmm. man, they're just both just they both are yeah. embodying these characters <laughs> in a way that is uh, you can't look away. You just have to watch. You have to you want to see what happens. You know. I don't think there is a single character in this uh, show so far, a main character that has dropped the ball once. No. What they're acting. Even even the characters you don't like, Theon and Sansa, you don't like them because of how they're acting, not because they're bad actors. So okay, like I have another character like that that I lump in with with Theon and Sansa to a lesser extent, but it's Catelyn, and I don't like Catelyn in like as a character inside, like not as a character, like you know how how do I say this? I love her character. I think she's an incredibly complex and well done character, but I don't like her. Yeah, no, you're meant to not to. You're meant not to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like yeah I, I actually agree with that but she's portraying it so well she's portraying it yes, so well yes. um i don't know if we should rate every episode mm. we probably could we could right uh, i think we could nine for me bro. that's a nine for me i would agree i'd agree yeah i'd, I'd give yeah. this a nine i'd give it a fat nine this this was a great opening episode this isn't the type of opening episode that would make me excited to watch the next one Ooh, and just oh, yeah. get into the show and really dig in well, yeah, that was the first episode of the Game of Thrones retrospective. I think we'll be trying to do this every week as well, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, trying diving into these because these are short little tidbits and we can kind of butt yeah. you into these and really di- di- dissect the story as we go along, you know. And digest. And digest. And also get into, you know, how David is reacting to all of this for the first time. That's going to be really cool to listen yeah. to. It's also interesting to hear your thoughts as somebody who is like not so deep into the world but knows like how it ends and everything like you have these complex feelings so i like both i like both of your yeah i think we're all bringing a yeah. unique perspective i think you guys oh, oh, from what i've experienced in this uh short time i feel like you guys have definitely gotten more out of the first episode than i did specifically because you know what's going on and you know who these characters are and you can appreciate how they are in the first episode it doesn't the show does a. It's going to happen, David. Eventually, there's going to be points where you're watching the show and you will just have a memory of the first season and you'll be like, oh my fucking God. I remember they did that. And I remember... The, I, I I believe you, but the thing is you're now reliving it with all of that knowledge pre For me, it's definitely it's <laughs> definitely a very it's it's a show where on a rewatch, like I said at the top, it's making me kind of sad knowing where it's going, but it's also a very interesting yeah. rewatch because there's still moments and characters that I wanna see 
what happens and I want to see how they act it out and I want to see how it's portrayed because it's just very it's very intriguing and it's very deep. Aren't they doing another show? Yeah, we're getting a prequel show about the yeah, civil war of the Targaryens, which No, that's not that's the war. No? No, it's about the invasion, correct? No, it's about the Dance of Dragons. Is it really? It's the Blackfire Rebellion? Yeah, Damon Targaryen. They just released pictures today of uh Matt Smith. The Blackfire Rebellion for real? Yeah, it's Damon Targaryen. Yep. It, Oh yeah, Damon Blackfire. I think they changed his name then, because I I'm, I know you're I know you're right. It's Blackfire, but in the in the pictures I saw, they 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 named him as Damon Targaryen. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, very weird. Is it? So I know that George R. R. Martin sort of stepped away in the later seasons. Do we know? Is is he yeah. a part of the new show? He's executive producing everything. Is he going to continue executive producing everything throughout the entire series? Who can say? Yeah, really, I hope so, but who knows with that guy, man? He's so fickle. Who really knows? Can man? anyone really say what he'll do? How is he doing this shit? He's writing a book, he's helping on a game, he's co-producing a game, and he's now running a show? Alright, like, according to his blog, I, 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 like, peek into his blog once a month and, like, read everything. Apparently, he's done, like, more in this like a year and a half of covid than he has oh done in like God. seven years of writing so hopefully there's something man hopefully there's something. elden ring is gone forever because of him <laughs> all right well join us next week for episode two when we really get into uh winter as winter comes slowly but surely winter, winter is coming slowly but surely winter is coming Thank you for thanks for listening and, and have a good night or a good day or a good winter <laughs>